Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 10th and final episode of the Overdrinks podcast. Today, I'm joined by Trevor Polly. How's it going? And Ryan Polly. Hey. And we're going to have a chat over drinks. Trevor, what did you bring to drink tonight? Tim, I brought a Overbite IPA by Excellent. Old Old Forge Brewing Company in good old Danville, Pennsylvania. Nice. My city in which I live, and it's a whopping seven point five percent. Whoa! I had a couple. I had a couple of these this past Sunday. Nice. Um, and it's a it's a pounder, so I'll be drinking this thing quick well that's weird it's like you were celebrating something sunday uh rye what, what yeah. did what did you bring to drink tonight i brought a great lakes brewing company elliot ness amber lager wow fancy um up until about five minutes ago before i sat down with you guys i found out that elliot ness was a fictional investigator excellent of some sort um yeah i mean i don't know anything about it it's an amber lager like i said 6.1 percent alcohol so we'll uh we'll we'll give it a taste here for the first for the first try and my flies mug that's nice bottoms up (laughs) yeah that's pretty good that's a nice taste to it okay i'm I'm gonna enjoy this This is probably the first one i've enjoyed in the last couple episodes so i'll uh (laughs) i'm gonna enjoy this one that's fancy i like tastes like pretzels to be honest with you (laughs) as a hint of pretzel (laughs) elliot does like his pretzels so that's good (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty Tim, good man Tim what do we got I uh, I, I brought uh, a throwback beer if you will tonight for us uh, Natty Ice nice I, I did actually bring a natural light <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> I did I brought a natural light uh, it's it's slogan the smooth pilsner with all natural ingredients I don't really know why they're promoting all natural ingredients <laughs> it's kind of gross but I mean I love a good Natty Light I'll never not drink the stuff <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my first sip here. Went to the animal shelter and dried out the cat litter. Ah, man, that's good stuff. Actually, it's not. I mean, compared to like other beers, it's not that terrible. It's not good either. But uh, that's about where I'm at with my life. So <laughs> let's uh, let's move right into the big game this Sunday. Last Sunday, uh, Trevor, I'm gonna go to you first. The the Denver Broncos defeated. The Carolina Panthers, twenty-four to ten. Trev, let's just hear your initial thoughts on the outcome of that game. Uh, <laughs> then we'll go around the horn a little bit. Everybody just sit back and relax, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, my initial thoughts are: World champs, Super Bowl Fifty champions, and uh, <laughs> as crazy of a season as it was, um, that defense kept pushing them through. And and yeah. Von Miller is was a god the last two playoff games and he literally could not be blocked no um that's those are my initial thoughts and i'll keep it to just just that till we get into the nitty-gritty but uh oh so happy <clears throat> so much joy <laughs> yeah right right what do you have to say about the game i think i'm more happy that the panthers lost than i am that the broncos <laughs> won it's understandable and, and 
the thing that's going to stand out to me that we'll talk about it later. So I'm actually just not even going to mention it. I'll just keep my thoughts here briefly. But like, sure. it was a great game. I mean, this Broncos defense was being compared to the '85 Bears, um, and every play, regardless of what it was—a run play or anything that it was—is they the Broncos were in the backfield. Um, yeah, I think Cam Newton in the first half was hit like. 12 times or like 10 times or something alone. So he he was getting knocked around. And to be honest with you, it felt like I was watching a college football game. It felt like it did a little. Yeah. He was the star for their team. He didn't have the right people to help him win. So he was doing it all. Right. That's uh, a really good comparison because and it really, it really did. It really felt like it was, I was watching like Alabama versus like, I don't know, like Texas A&M. Yeah. Like if it was just like Johnny Manziel or something. Like it really felt like Cam like that was like the purest uh example of that they didn't have the right personnel. Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, they got to where they were. Which it, after watching this like I mean, I guess it's really it really is a praise for the Broncos defense because you know, they the receivers are like Philly Brown and Ted Ginn Jr, but like and how other teams didn't really uh, answer those like problems, I guess, is the reason why they wouldn't beat the Panthers. But just watching the Broncos beat them as good as they did, and Cam was like a thirty-nine percent passing rate or something, and just it was a true testament to what I thought the Panthers would have been this season the whole time, as opposed yeah. to what they really were. Yeah, so I, I was like, I'm a Falcons fan, and the Falcons beat them. So the only two losses in the season were the Falcons and the Broncos. So yeah. I'm stoked, regardless of if they would have won or lost, because the Falcons still beat them. Yeah. But um, no, I was I was really excited. It was I was I think I was cheering a lot too because you know who wanted who did want to see the Panthers win? I mean Seahawks fans probably because they're the Panthers fans now. <laughs> right. So. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna take what you said there, and uh, you said the Panthers played like you thought they would have maybe a few games ago. Uh, this is the performance I kind of expected from them right after that Falcons lost that first week of playoffs. Um, what? what? When the Falcons beat the Panthers, what was oh. that, like week? That was week 16. Yeah. I thought the Panthers were going to go into the first week of playoffs looking like this. Uh, Cam looked rattled to human. come out. Human. Uh, he didn't look composed at all. He looked, I don't scared's not the right word until the fourth quarter. But he just didn't put balls where he should. He didn't run nearly enough, I thought, at least in the first quarter. You know, he had 46 yards total it, rushing. It was a weird – I don't know if it's on him as much – I think it is on him because it's a lot of read options that he decided to give. And I don't really know what he was thinking. Maybe he just didn't want to get hit after that second series of fumbling or whatever. But just to give a quick rundown of my thoughts on the game, I thought the Broncos' defense was just stellar and dismantled the top offense in this – in the NFL this season. And you really can't talk about Von Miller enough commanding that entire defense and just doing whatever he wanted that game. Uh, he was in the backfield on how many different plays and, you know, whether he was sliding around or hands on cam, he was always a threat. And the Panthers O-line knew that and just couldn't stop him. Um, but let's get a little bit into the nitty gritty here. Uh, Trev, let's, let's talk about the first drive, or the first set of drives a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Denver, they drove down. They looked pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was pretty happy with how Peyton looked. He made a few good passes. 
Uh, it looked like he was playing a little conservative, a few 10-yard, 15-yard passes, but completing <laughs> yeah. them and looked sharp. I uh, threw a ball maybe 20, 25 yards, and it looked a little slow, I'd say. I don't know. It looked like it didn't have any zip on it, uh, to use my dad's words. <laughs> um, um, no and zip. I think they punted away, and then Carolina got the ball, and they punted away as well. Am I right in that? Um, I can't remember. No, yeah. fir- first drive, the Broncos kicked a field goal. Opening drive. Yeah, that's what they did. Field goal, the opening drive, and then two three and outs, and then Cam's debacle. Yeah, no touchdown on the first drive. That's what it was. Yeah, you did say let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's that after the two three and outs after the Broncos field goal. Yeah, that second drive for Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, Jericho Cotchery, uh, got a pass thrown to him. Yep, bobbled it. Seemed to bobble it. Mm -hmm. I and Tim, I know we were talking about this before we started recording. I don't think it hit the ground. And I um, and I do think it hit the ground. I don't remember the catch as like much as I do, but I don't remember it really blatantly hitting the ground. I do remember him juggling it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge it because was huge. the next play they rush for zero yards. Yep. And on third and ten, Cam Newton gets strip sacked. Yeah. For uh, who was it? Malik Jackson was it? Malik Jackson who scored? It, it was. It was. So it was a strip sack by Von Miller, and then it was a like a, a one yard crawl in for. Yeah. Six. Um, that's huge. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily remember the catch, like play by like frame by frame, but I do remember him really bobbling it. I don't. Again, like I said, I don't remember it hitting the ground blatantly, but that was huge. That was a Ron Rivera threw his challenge, and that was a huge turning point. That would have been a gain of probably like uh, fifteen to twenty at least. Yeah, it was. It was a decent throw. I, I have the throw. It was here, a 20, 24 yards. Yeah. So that would. It would have. It would have. Definitely turned the drive around for sure, but uh, the challenge was the ruling on the field stood. Um, Mike Carey was wrong, go figure. <laughs> and real quick, before that, I, I can't get over the fact that they said Mike Carey refed in a Super Bowl two years ago. That freaks me out. That guy's got a job <laughs> to get plays wrong on the air, so I digress. Trev, um, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, the catch, I don't, that was, you know. Um, I thought that initially I was like, sweet, incompletion, and then I saw the replay. Mm-hmm. And then I was pretty sure that he caught it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they went to they went to commercial, and at this point I had already flopped <clears> to <throat> yes, it's a catch. Then they came back, showed the replay a couple more times, mm-hmm. and obviously take this with a grain of salt, bias opinion. Um, but it looked like when he hit the ground, the ball came loose because he hit the ground. That's what I thought. And the ball was close enough to it to the point where they could see it, the ground causing the movement. Okay. Which is why I get that the the play just stood as called on the field because they didn't see enough to overturn it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, again, bias opinion. I thought that it, <laughs> I thought that it it was good to remain that way, um, and mm-hmm. obviously very happy that it did because of what Rye said <laughs> happened two plays later. So yeah, I um, agree. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that play that Von Miller strip sack. Um, yeah. Take us in there, Trev. He not only did he get to Cam as soon as he could, like it was lightning quick. Might have been three steps. But then he didn't even go for the tackle. He's like, I am five yards from the end zone. I'm just stealing the ball and I'm running in the end zone. Yeah. He was so ready for that, mm-hmm. and that's what would have made that play so much more perfect. Um, but. The fact that they scored a touchdown in itself is awesome. Um, yeah. I will say when Cam was 
shown on TV walking off the field, which at the time I was not watching. I was too busy jumping around my living room. Um, I, I watched the replay plenty of times, trust me, on Monday. And they showed Cam coming off the field a close-up. Mm-hmm. And he genuinely looked scared. Yeah, he did. If you go back and watch the replay and they show this close-up of him coming off the field, he looks like he's looking at the board. Mm-hmm. But his eyes, he just looked scared. Yeah. And I agree. From, I, from that point on, it looked like he really... I don't know if lost confidence is the word, but he looked looked very fragile. Like he kept questioning his decision-making. Yeah. And then I think it showed with high passes the Mm -hmm. rest of the game and not saying he didn't put any on the money because there was a couple of big gainers down the field, but I just think that, I mean, you go, you go to that later on in the game uh, with the the other fumble Von Miller caused where he could have jumped on the ball and he didn't Um, just just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he looked like he a was scared, and then b like he definitely was not very Cam Newton like. I say that Denver defense humbled him. Yeah, I would say, which is a shock. He, oh, we can certainly get to his attitude later. We will. <laughs> um, but let's go on to the next. Uh, uh, I don't know, notable, notable. Next two, play. yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah get us into the next two possessions. Here, they uh, both traded with three and outs, um, and then the Panthers. Uh, Mustered up a drive, which was very random. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was was needed, very necessary for them because it turned it around a little bit. It led it was seventy three yards on nine plays. It led to Jonathan Stewart's one yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that drive. Uh, I think if I could have, I would have tried to punch a keep to leave. Like I don't <laughs> oh know what God, he was dude. doing or what how in his own head he was. Um, He's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> He is. Um, I, so that I was. Know. I mean, that's that's the that's the first score of the game, first offensive touchdown of the game, a one yard run. Um, you would ask me the Super Bowl, if during the Super Bowl if the first touchdown would have been, you know, a one yard run, whatever. It's pretty pretty stale for yeah. the next couple of uh, next couple of uh, drives here. The Broncos' next drive actually went for negative twelve yards. They actually went three and out a very good amount of times in the first quarter or no i'm sorry the first half yeah um, and then they would tack on another field goal um with 658 left in the second um i don't that was off of a punt that was very very poor i, I want to ask you guys a question real quick um <clears throat> about jordan norwood's rep in penn state uh we'll have a, a penn state fan in a little bit later uh <laughs> what happened with the coverage team there with his return. Do they, do you think they thought he, they hit him? So they Probably, backed off or do you no. think they legitimately think he called a fair catch? Fair catch. Yes, I do too. I think that he, uh, they thought he called a fair catch and I'm surprised he did not. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was either his awareness to say that they're already here. They can't actually cream me and like <laughs> level me on this field that they're going to hit me and I won't fumble the ball or did he just think he's tricking him, which he did? But I, yeah, it was it was really good heads up play. I was definitely definitely a game changer. That for sure got them in the range of that for that field goal. Longest punt um, return in Super Bowl history, by the yeah, way. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think if he would have caught a fair catch, a, a fair I'm sorry, a fair catch, I think that there would have been uh, pass catcher interference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but since he didn't, they didn't call anything, and then he ended up scooping and running. I, I, the Panthers probably figured because you know they're a yard away from this dude that he caught yeah. a fair catch. But 
crazy heads up play by him, and then he you know took it scrambled for sixty one yards to get him in the field goal position. So that was uh, would he have gotten that play. call if he would have waved the fair catch right after he got hit, or would he not have gotten a penalty call? Um, I'm not sure that he he wouldn't have gotten the catch interference call. Okay. Um, because he caught it and then they were on him after that. But yeah. I was at the time I was looking for a flag because I was pretty sure he called a fair catch. Yeah, I um, think everyone was. Yeah, and the, and um, I think that you can get a, a flag for um still making contact after a fair catch. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much contact that requires, but yeah, th- I will say this is the second case this season that Norwood has made like a. I don't know what to call it, a smart or tricky... Heads up. Heads up play on a punt return. Yeah. Um, the one against the Steelers where the Steelers touched it but left it lay there, he picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. Yeah. And it was actually called back because the Steelers were out of bounds when they did touch it. But, like, just, he, you know, he keeps making little plays, and I actually he think he's a little bit of a future value to the, to the Broncos, so i like to see him make I a play agree. for the Super Bowl. Trev, am I correct in saying he hadn't played all of... 2013 was injured last year, and then this was his first year back. Correct. Yeah. He looked like he hasn't lost a step, and I'd I'd say he looks even better than he did in college, a lot yeah, better he, than he, he did in college. He easily stepped into the number three receiver role behind two Pro Bowlers. So, uh, you know, maybe, I don't think they were Pro Bowlers this year, but they were last year. Yeah. Um. So I mean, two a thousand yard receivers will say that. I got a bit so. of I got a little bit to say about. One of them in, the, in a bit, but okay. we'll yeah. get to that a little bit <laughs> I, there. Just to, I don't want to get away from it too quick, and I don't know how much we're going to talk about it later thanks to his antics, but Aqib Tlaib, as Trevor knows, has been a player that is disliked by me. Uh, <laughs> I don't like his attitude on the field nor off it after watching his celebrations. But if I'm – I he's just a cocky dude, and I don't think – Anyone should act like that in the Super Bowl. I don't care. You don't like Cam Newton, do you? No, I hate Cam Newton. Okay, I was going to say, then you're the biggest hypocrite of all time. No, I don't I, like Cam I, Newton. I, I thought you hated Cam. Uh, so but at least, uh, I mean, they're both excellent athletes, so you can't take that away from him. They're both, you know, Tlaib's a fantastic cornerback. I'm not taking that away from him. But you can't act like that in a Super Bowl. He's grabbing that guy's face mask. I think he should be thrown out of the game at that point. I don't know if they can actually do that, but that's such a bad foul in such like a crucial and wide-open area that – I don't know how you let that guy carry on. And if I'm Denver, I don't care that he helped win a Super Bowl. He's off the team next year. Just cut. Because he just seems yeah. like a cancer to the locker room to me. Everyone else in that locker room, after seeing Von Miller at the end of the game, just is a class guy. And that's the kind of guy that I want on my team. I don't want someone like Tlaib anywhere near that entire field. But yeah, he, that might just be me. He, I don't know. I, I want to hear you guys talk. The thing, I'll, I'll touch on it quick, and then we can move on after Travis talks about it. Yeah. He does have boneheaded... He antics to him. He does, you know, the eye poke earlier in the season. Uh-huh. Um, and it would almost come across as him kind of being a sore loser. And it's something like that because you notice that whenever both, I believe it was like who, TJ Ward and him both got suspended back-to-back games for antics and games that they were losing. Um, But I think the thing is, you said, you know, you thought you would have thrown him out or whatever. I believe that they called him for taunting. That was earlier. Yeah, is that, that what we're a, talking about? No, that was a different play. Oh well, nonetheless, I'm talking that, about the he face also mask. Got called for that, but I think that with all the buildup that was happening, with how much the Panthers were just talking down on them on his side of the ball, sure, I don't really blame him for you know chirping at these guys 
No, no I don't blame yeah, him for that. He had stupid, like that face mask penalty. It's r- ridiculous. I think the taunting calls. I would. I almost wouldn't call the taunting call because I think they were both going at each other, and maybe that's. It's ridic- you don't call the Carolina Panthers call. for taunting all season, but you call that taunting. No, I I'm don't. Sorry, I don't agree ridiculous. with that. I don't agree anyway. with that call. I think the face mask call oh, is the. Was, that's that the one was, I'm talking about. That's terrible. To me, that was sort of he was in his own head. He was. He was. He jawing was. And he was. He, he should have calmed down after face. the taunting call, and he just looked like he couldn't get over it. And then afterwards, after the face mask, he did. Go, he did come back to it a little bit. He started to play. Uh, his game, and he started to, you know, do what he does best. Um, and he had passes, you know, thrown his way that, you know, obviously were incomplete and stuff. But again, I think a lot of it had to do with he knew he was beat. So insult to injury. I'm just going to face mask him. And yeah, I I just don't like that. I don't like um, that mentality. They, uh, the Falcons, <laughs> the Broncos do have a lot of salary things to deal with. So if he, I don't, it would take a lot for them to just straight up cut him because of. Yeah, something like that. No, his contract is ginormous. So. Oh, is it ginormous? Then I'm thinking of somebody yeah. totally different. Well, then, Trev, since he's a player on your team, let's hear your thoughts on him. Oh, I he's you can always expect the taunting from Akeem. He's sure a guy that will never, you know, he's he's that's how he plays. Him and TJ Ward, they're they're very similar in how they play. Yeah, uh, and I can kind of get over the taunting. That's you know, it is what it is. You're worked up, but. Right. Um, he does. It's stupid. He does stupid things, even with the taunting. Sometimes mm-hmm. it make me. They drive me nuts. Like that. That call that he got. You know, the taunting call. It was on like fourth and fifteen. They yeah, forced exactly. him to punt, and they got a first down because of it. Yeah. Um, but then later on in that same drive, you get him like almost ripping a guy's helmet off, trying to make a tackle, and that's when I think Wade Phillips and Kubiak should have like taken him off the field and been like, "Listen, dude. Yeah. You need to chill. If you want any because... part of this game? <laughs> yeah." And that's why I say he's lucky because a he didn't get his, for lack of better words, butt sat down. Yeah. In the first freaking quarter, mm-hmm. and then b they ended up winning the game even though he played an awful first half. I know, and so. I know it's hard because he's such a he's such a great cornerback that you don't want to take him off, but mm-hmm. for his skill, but you want to take him off for his attitude because he's stopping a you know an incredible game changing pass or something like that, and well, then he's getting a, sit, a penalty next play. Junior, they're yeah. not going to sit. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, Keep to leave because yeah. they know about their stars. So anyway, yeah, let's move the, on. Uh, the Panthers would end up actually after we were talking. We sorry, we digressed with the Jordan Norwood um, kick that led to another field goal, uh, and then that led to a Mike Tolbert fumble. Yeah, um, which is funny because twice that drive, I think. Was it Jonathan Stewart who put it on the ground first? And they it recovered was like a play before that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tolbert fumbled it. Yeah. Uh, and then that led to uh, probably Peyton's worst throw of the game <laughs> with that interception to the – who was that, like a defensive end? Yeah. It was, uh, it, he had yeah. Demanuel Sanders. If he threw it anywhere other than where he did, it would have been a completion of first down. Yeah. Uh, terrible throw. Uh, then, again, they would trade punts, and then they would go to the half uh, 13-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to start the – uh, third quarter, I believe. Didn't the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, they came out and actually pulled together a ten-play drive. Mm-hmm. Missed the field goal. Graham Gano. They talk about Killed how him. good he is throughout the year and talk about all these. It must be the curse of Denver, really. You got Goskowski missing extra points and he's perfect since like his rookie season. Yeah. And then you got Graham Gano. I'm not saying Graham Gano was perfect, but he only missed like three all year. Not three all year, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Shanked it, which led to another another Broncos field goal. So at this point, 
after the Broncos field goal, there's eight the eight eighteen left in the third. Um, it's sixteen seven. Now you think at this point, Peyton Manning can go out and play left handed because this never <laughs> defense isn't gonna let the Broncos lose. There's no chance. I at at some point, I think it was after the Broncos kicked the field goal and camped through another interception. I think to me that was like, all right, there's not a chance in the world that the Broncos defense gives up anything. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm you know I'm going a little quick here, but I'm looking at the you know the, the drives of the game and after the Broncos field goal and Cam's interception, it was punt, punt. Uh, Peyton got stripped. Yeah. Um, which led to a field goal for the Panthers in the 16-10. Then it was punt, punt, punt. And then another freaking uh, – oh, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where – this is the, the play. Of the, the, probably the play of the game for me. Um, not play of the game, but notable one. Uh, third and nine on their own 25. Um, Cam Newton drops back. And, of course, go figure who's there. Von Miller. The Vonster. He fumbles. Um, And now this, to me, is where I back up my point and where I thought it was a college football game. Cam Newton fumbles. Mm -hmm. MVP of the league. Game on the line. Super Bowl. Not game Super Bowl. Is on the line. Doesn't hop in the pile. Probably could have recovered it. His explanation today was that he was scared to get injured. Um, official response. I people are saying, well, he was anticipating it hopping out of the pile, and it did. Then where the hell was he to recover that one? Uh, that I was, think that was huge. I think if if they recover it, do they win the game? I don't know. It's fourth down still. It was but, so poor. If Peyton would have been in that situation, he would have dove in there, risking his life to get that damn ball back. And I think maybe, maybe. Newton's just too young still to really want that game. But I think an, I think a more experienced quarterback is going to put a, everything on that field for See, that play. He, for they me, still have a chance to win it at that point. And I don't know what he's doing not getting at that ball. Or at least giving me, it a shot. I think the issue... Sorry, Trev, we'll let you go here then. <laughs> I good. think... I disagree with you, Tim. Okay. I don't think Peyton goes for that ball. But <sighs> I don't think Peyton acts like he's going to get it. Cam takes a few steps and gets on a knee. And then just like, yeah, doesn't. I think Peyton, Peyton's. I know we've seen Peyton fumble the ball. We've seen Peyton not go for it. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, do I think Peyton doesn't dive in there? No, but like, Cam was like, you could tell that he that was for sure flustered. You could tell he didn't want to go for it, and that was the worst part. And then he realized, like, no, yeah, no way am I going for this. There's, I don't (laughs) care what anybody says. He was not anticipating the ball popping out of the pile. No, because he even got like on a knee to go for it. And then he like just like pulled his arms back, yeah. And I'm just like, <clears throat> to me, that's like a Heisman winner playing in the national championship, having a terrible game. Trev, you got the MVP playing like crap in the Super Bowl. Trev, what do you think? Well, Tim, what what did you say his quote was? His reasoning? He said he was scared to get yep, injured. Yep, yep, he was scared. He was scared. Um, and I still <laughs> go back, and I said it. I, I was talking because we had some people over. Do you guys know Jake? Um, sure. <laughs> uh, Jake was over here, and I said he's a Panthers fan, had, right? <laughs> he actually had his Cam Newton shirt on, believe it or not. Um, wow! <laughs> but I said, I said, <clears throat> you know, the Broncos got to get after Cam quick, and 
almost make him scared. Like just yeah. not really thinking that was going to happen. Um, that happened. Mm-hmm. It did. <laughs> um, thanks to the monster and, um, you know, DeMarcus Ware was a beast too. He had two and a half sacks, I think as well. And he just didn't have the strip sacks that Vaughn did. And, no. um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say since Ryan you kept reading down the list and going through the plays, it was you know another field goal by the Broncos, another field goal by the Broncos. Brandon McManus, <laughs> B Mac, give him a contract <laughs> in the playoffs. The man was ten for ten in field goals, and then I believe he was like three for three in extra points or something. But that dude. It was clutch. And you say, you even, you look, you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you look past like the, you sort of just like glance at the extra points, even now with how backed up they are. That's still a task. Right. Yeah. He, he lost his job during the last season because of missing field goals. He bounces back. He's a Super Bowl champ and he went 13 for 13 in the postseason in his kicks. That's awesome. He was definitely the MVP of the first game against Pittsburgh because they needed those field goals. Um, so he, it was, it was awesome to see him, uh, do it in the Super Bowl too. Um, yeah, for sure. I think we only have, I'm looking at the drive list here. There's a couple drives left and, um, excuse me. Sorry. I'm getting a little choked up here because the Panthers lost not. (laughs) Um, so after Cam Newton doesn't go for the ball, um, He's too, too scared to go for the ball, right? Let's yeah, just Broncos, make that clear. The Broncos actually recover at the four. So they mm-hmm. got they got the ball with a little over three minutes remaining, like four minutes remaining in the game. Yep. Uh, I'm looking here. C.J. Anderson, negative two yards on a rush. Not great. Picks up two. Third and goal from the four. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Manning throws to Demarius Thomas, mm-hmm. who, let me tell you something. I don't know. Him and Aki must have spent to the same time in their hotel room together because they were so in their own head. I don't know what the Marius Thomas is doing. Um, I don't know if they. I mean, he was covered by Josh Norman, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, the he, games he didn't before have that a great too, game. No, he didn't have a great playoffs. Yeah, I he really didn't. But, he needed um, to step up in the Super Bowl, and apparently, he actually didn't need to because yeah. they still nobody. Won, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had a catch. Um, I think he had, maybe he had one catch for eight yards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't – oh, it was a screen probably. I don't yeah. remember it though. So, anyway, he goes to Demarius Thomas. Josh Norman gets caught for holding. Yeah. Um, good Cam call. Cam Newton gets shot on the sideline. I think – I hated that. I definitely think it was holding. If yeah, it, it was, definitely was. If they would have called pass interference, I would have been a little more questionable about it because it was for sure uncatchable. Yeah. But, it was holding right off the line. It was, yeah. it was a, so it was a good call. That's the thing. Right off the line of scrimmage was holding. If it was pass interference – I think it would have could have been put away because of how high the throw was. Yeah, but for sure holding, holding on their Pro Bowl corner mm-hmm. with the game on the line, and then next play, C.J. Anderson stuffs it in, and two point conversion is good. And some will say the rest is history from that. It was. Um, the Panthers came back out, had a three-play, negative 14-yard drive because DeMarcus Ware sat Cam Newton for 14 yards. <laughs> and, and they punted. And they punted. And they, they punted. punted. I, I said to my girlfriend, I said, Lise, <laughs> there's two minutes left in the Super Bowl. They're down two touchdowns, and they're punting. I don't know what they were thinking. 
They had the two minute warning and two timeouts, but I get they it. Still I don't have to try it. to drive 80, 90 yards against probably the best defense in Super Bowl history. Yeah. They were backed Twice. up. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> so they were uh, backed up. I understand that part of it, but man, or I don't know. I think they at least show some fight. I it looked that Trev, you know what, you make a good point because I think throughout most of that fourth quarter, they just didn't look like they wanted it. It looked like they'd given up so early in that game. And I just don't know what their reasoning was. Like Cam for being the MVP and the guy that Cam is, being this, you know, larger than life egotistical guy, and he had the right to be during the season. He had a great he had an incredible season. But you have to step up as your quarterback and at least show like you want to win that game. And he just didn't. When you said he got, it looked like he got shot on the sidelines. He crumbled like a baby and he ended up in the fetal position. And I I don't know how you act like that as a professional athlete on that stage. It's disgraceful. That was the only sign of emotion I saw from Cam all game. Yeah. He didn't, other than that, he, he was blah. He was not Cam. I mean, even when they scored a touchdown, I don't remember him doing anything. I, no. I, there was no jump shot on the sideline, celebrating with players. Like, there's nothing. I don't know um, what his deal was. And as a Broncos fan, I'm going to take sole responsibility for that defense. <laughs> <laughs> because why wouldn't I? I mean, Cam did it against everyone. And for them to, you know, show up and lay a goose egg, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I have to give it the credit to the Broncos D because I'm a Broncos fan, so it only makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like I said, they came out and they punted after, you know, giving up a sack. And um, right there, them punting on that drive sort of reminded me of week 17 when the Dolphins were beating the Patriots and the, the Patriots had like a minute 45 left on in the fourth quarter and they put in their uh, backups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. It, it's like they accepted defeat. They did. Almost. It's like, you know, hey, we get it. We're not going to score two touchdowns. Yeah. So, if they could have walked off the field, they would have. Um, to me, it is the biggest sign of poetic justice, and I hope they just enjoy eating on it because they do that crap all season long. Taking, and more importantly for me, taking freaking team pictures of them dabbing on the sideline against the Falcons. Yeah. Like that stuff pissed me off. You they deserve. Out, they lose week 16, and then they have. And then they actually have the balls to come out there and not let Broncos players celebrate after f- getting first downs and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a joke. They're, yeah. it's a, they're stupid, and they deserve every last second of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really do. They, they thought they won the Super Bowl four weeks ago. Yeah. Are, those, are, are those your wrap up thoughts on, the, on Super Bowl 50? I got a, I got a few records, a few <clears throat> records made in this game if you'd like to hear those, Trev. Like two I'll rattle off a few. Uh, some aren't positive. <laughs> let's uh, let's just rattle off a few here. The two teams combined third down conversion percentage of thirteen point eight was a yeah. Super Bowl low. Uh, Manning and Cam Newton had a quarterback passer rating of fifty six and fifty five respectively, and their t- added total of one hundred and twelve is the record lowest aggregate passer rating for a Super Bowl. Manning became the oldest quarterback to ever win at 39 and the first ever quarterback to win a Super Bowl with two different teams, which absolutely blows my mind. Uh, And finally, Gary Kubiak becomes the first coach to win a Super Bowl with the same franchise he went to the Super Bowl with as a player. And I guess the same team that he played for. Yeah, Yeah. I will. um, 
on the on the note of Peyton being the first quarterback to win two championships with two separate teams. Yeah, uh, he's also the first quarterback to make it to four with four different head coaches. I did. I saw that as well. That's inc- that's insane. Yeah. He, I, the, although he didn't have the season, although he didn't have the Super Bowl that you know Peyton is used to, that's an incredible feat in and of itself. I think so. Um, what are your What are your final thoughts? I want to hear your guys' final thoughts because I obviously want to go last. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, uh, Tim. You can start it off. Um, I'm just going to throw this out here. MVP of the game for me is Von Miller all day. Uh, I think he played. I mean, above his already insane level, and just showed that he is probably by far the best linebacker in the league right now. Um, it was, I've seen a lot of talk that saying it wasn't a good game. I think I'd have to disagree from, you know, a tactical standpoint. I think it was a really good game. It maybe wasn't high scoring. I think it's the first time in 20 years without a passing touchdown. Uh, you know how I love a passing touchdown as well. So, you know, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of stuff in the game that happened that will get lost in the, the glitz and glam of the, the weekend. But I think we saw Broncos defense absolutely dismantle the best offense this season, and that's certainly something to be celebrated. Uh, and Trev, I just want to say congratulations to you and the Denver Broncos on a on a crazy season of almost being eliminated from the playoffs very early, or, or not even making the playoffs to being Super Bowl Fifty champs. Thanks, Brian. Uh, sort of what you said, Tim. You said how people were, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, saying how it was a boring game, it was a slow game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just a, a testament to the coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both came out with a perfect game plan on both sides of the ball. Uh, and what it came down to was that the Panthers forced more mistakes, or they caused, they you know, made more mistakes. Sorry. Yeah. And the Broncos capitalized on most of them. So I, I think that. Again, I don't care. It wouldn't have mattered who the Broncos had a quarterback that game because I still think regardless of who it was, they would have won. Um, with all the flack that they were getting, all, all not really flack, but the lack of attention that they were really getting throughout the week and a half, two weeks that they had between their game against New England and the last one, um, you would have thought that the Panthers already won the Super Bowl. Um, so with that, I, I think that that was one of the best defensive defensive performances I've probably ever seen, um, you know. And it was a pretty pretty fun to watch. I you know, like as I said, as a Falcons fan, watching the Panthers lose in the biggest stage was probably my favorite thing all season. Um, I do think that the Panthers will probably be close to the same next year. Um, I don't think that they will be undefeated. I hope not. Um, I would doubt, but. It. They will be pretty decent. They're getting one of their best receivers back, and I do think, and I do believe the Broncos will probably be the same as well on the defensive side of things. Um, so again, like what Tim said, Trev, I do congratulate you on a Super Bowl Fifty championship. But at the same time, butter it up for next year, Falcons, Broncos, and Denver. That's what's <laughs> happening. I will see you then, brother. <laughs> uh, thank you for the congratulations, and yes, we will see you then. Do you know what week that is yet, or are we still? That's I still hope it's preseason. um i i will agree ryan saying that the two weeks leading up to the super bowl you would have thought that there was only one team playing and it almost makes me a little mad when people call it an upset because to me it wasn't yeah (laughs) there was no upset here i felt as confident against the matchups involving carolina than i did against you know the rest of the teams broncos played all season and 
for Vaughn to come out and play like you're right, Tim, in saying that when he is at his best, there is no one better defensively in the whole league. J.J. Watt is a close second, but I'm saying that Vaughn does not make the same impact than, you know, he just doesn't, when he's his best, he doesn't make any impact like <clears throat> like another player in the league. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, final thought is Super Bowl champs, man. <laughs> uh, some people... <laughs> Some people, you know, wait to their whole lives to see their team win a, win a championship. And although I was a very little Broncos fan and don't remember any of Super Bowls in '97 and '98, uh, this this feels like my first one. So mm-hmm. it was it was uh, a heck of a night. I celebrated with plenty of alcoholic beverages, as you guys know. Yeah, Trev, um, you were just spewing <laughs> excitement at the end of the night, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was leaking it. Um, <laughs> oh God! But yeah, Super Bowl. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this one out all summer and actually preparing to buy my Von Miller Super Bowl jersey uh, at the end of this week. So go Good, Broncos man. and Good. the team deserves Super it, man. Thanks, one of the one of the first things is a side note, and then obviously we're done. My one of the first things my buddies probably the one of the kids that probably out of all my friends knows the most about sports that I probably have ever met. First thing he texts me, like middle of the fourth quarter, says, "Give Von Miller a blank check for however much he wants." Because yeah. <laughs> that game, he he deserves it after that. So yeah, so that'll just to that'll uh, yeah, just to yeah. wrap up uh, our guys here. We're gonna have two of our best buds come in with us and talk a little bit more about the game, a little bit about the season, uh, and we're gonna have that for you guys coming right up. Hello everyone, we're back with two special guests, two of our great friends, uh, Pete Donhauser. Thanks for uh, having me, long time caller, first time listener. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Matt Spiegel. Hello internet. Uh, <laughs> Pete, let's start off with you since I know you got a good drink for us. What, what, what are you drinking tonight? I'm going with the finest of the fine, Jägermeister. <laughs> Breaking a little bit from our, our usual beer, but I would expect nothing less from you, Peter. I had no beer, so I had to I had to drink something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaks, what did you bring for us tonight? Well, you know what? I broke from the beer, too, because we all know we all have that one friend that has to be difficult about everything. In your case, you have two. Yeah. <laughs> um, I made a cocktail. And nice. There's a tiny story behind it. Um, I was out last Thursday with my sister and my girlfriend, my girlfriend ordered, um, wait, is that the same thing or two different things? What's that? (laughs) that Your sister and girlfriend, are they separate or together? You'll never know. Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, my my girlfriend, my girlfriend ordered Moscato Okay. our waitress was like 13, didn't know what Moscato (laughs) was. It was, I mean, obviously it's wine and she walks away and comes back and she's like, can you tell me what's in a Scotty? I don't know what that is. <laughs> and we're like, oh boy. So, so uh, Abby went ahead and explained herself and we looked up what a Scotty was and this is what it is. Oh, it is oh. uh, rum. It's triple sec, the little sour mix and splash of Coke. Sounds pretty good. Which are all things that I really like and it tastes delicious. It makes my teeth feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Excellent. <laughs> Peter, we'll start off with you. Uh, give us a, a quick overview 
of what your thoughts on the Super Bowl were. It was a Von Miller show, no doubt. It was a one-man wrecking crew. I know Trev was happy to see it, but it was incredible. I mean, I've never seen a defensive end take over a game like that. It was like every other play, it was it was Von Miller doing something crazy. I like well, that. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was just the guy in the group project that got an A. He was just <laughs> off the ride. And he loved it. We uh we know that um you're you're a big Giants fan and they showed Eli on a shot there towards the end of the game. I'm sure God, you're familiar with it. I'm sure you're familiar with at this point. What's your take on your quarterback's face in that situation? I'm surprised. He usually has like really good faces at all times. So I was a little shocked to see him looking so disheveled and out of contact. <laughs> it wasn't like him at all. I don't know what he was doing. He just looked lost. It looked like he showed up and didn't know where he was. He wasn't breathing out of his mouth, that picture. (laughs) (laughs) Speaks, what are are your thoughts on the old Super Bowl action there? My thoughts are that I have never been happier for an athlete than I am for Peyton Manning. My God, the guy deserves another one. Yeah. And how about about Cam Newton kind of screwing the pooch? Yeah, (laughs) he's for real. Blustery, talking crap the entire playoffs, and then comes out. And goes 18 for 41. Like, are you kidding me? Under mm-hmm. 50%. And that first quarter, didn't he look nervous? Didn't yeah, he look yeah. nervous to yeah, you guys? Two that. out of his yeah. first four throws, he just sailed them like crazy. Real high. Real high. Uh, and like like Pete said, that defense is – that's scary, man. That whole defensive line and the secondary, it's like they could have trained chimps out there as their linebackers and they would be just fine. <laughs> and they have Trevathan and Marshall who are – Terrific players, but that defensive line, geez, that's scary. Yeah, I agree with you. We were talking a little bit before you guys got on the call here, and uh, we were saying that once, and if you go back and watch the replay, because I have about 50 times now, of Von Miller's uh, first strip sack for a touchdown. Give me that um, ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you go back and watch that, and they, they show a close-up of Cam Newton's face uh, walking off the field on that play, and I said to Tim and Rye that he actually looked scared walking oh, off the football field. And it, it looked that way for the rest of the game then. We talked you know, about his fumble later on where he didn't dive at it, um, and he kind of looked scared as well. So he Business decision right there, am I right? Yeah, yeah. you know, like whether or not to stay healthy <clears throat> the rest of the game depends on the biggest play <laughs> of the football game. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to think he's got to give a little more effort than that, right? It's the Super Bowl, man. I would hope. If that was like week three against Buffalo or something, I don't expect him necessarily <laughs> to do that, but that's the Super Bowl, man. Sorry to all of our Bills listeners. Yeah, yeah all zero. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what do you think about Cam Newton's subpar effort? I, I don't know. It's tough to say because, I mean, the guy every week puts his body on the line. He's, he's physically gifted, running over linebackers. I mean, just the previous week, I think it was, he, he dive, dove over the line. Mm-hmm. So it's not that he's – I don't know if he's afraid, but it was just like – I think it was more of he just didn't – he knew the game was over. He he didn't want to be there. He wanted to go home. He was having a terrible game, and he just – I don't know. It was like he could just care less about the game. He wanted to be to fair, over. I don't necessarily think it was effort. I think it was mostly the Denver defense doing that to him. But from the MVP, you've got to think he's going to rise above, I don't know, a couple pass rushers. Yeah, I agree. I compared it to uh, earlier. I compared it to a uh, like a, a Heisman winner playing a poor national championship game, and that sort of compared it to watching a college game where he he was the only player on their team that was capable of doing anything really. Yeah, you're right. And, dude. They do that all the time too. When they win mm-hmm. the Heisman, they go 
crowd yeah. the bed in the championship. So he, yeah. you know, he, of course, obviously for me, like I've said previous to these guys, that I am a huge Falcons fan. So watching Cam Newton struggle as much as he did was a was a dream maker, really. And <laughs> you know, it it's you know you'd expect out of your MVP. It's not like he was Peyton Manning's age and he didn't want to hop in that pile to recover a fumble. He's twenty six. And, you know, Super Bowl's on the line. He just got named MVP, and he takes a knee to try to cover it. And he's like, nope, never mind. Bad I'm six. out of this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was interesting play for sure. Definitely a game changer. And Speaks, I think you mentioned how a lot of his passes were high and stuff. Even we talked about the Jericho Cotri catch that was rolled incomplete. Even that one was extremely high. <laughs> that was and, a catch, by the way. That, yeah, that was a catch. Yeah, <laughs> You think so? I, I, I think we all agreed except for Tim on the fact that I think that I'm that the only one going no catch. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I get. I don't. I don't know the rule. Nobody knows the rule. No, yet. the rule needs to be redefined. If the if person Carey, knows the, the bigger issue, the person issue. who knows the rule the least is Mike Carey. I think. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, congratulations to those who picked the prop bet. Will Mike Carey get a call wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they took that at plus one ten. So they put down a hundred bucks. They get a hundred and ten back. So congrats to you people. That's pretty good. <laughs> Mike Carey hasn't gotten a call. And the scary thing is, I said to these guys that he refed a Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> That's... I don't even like my god. So um, uh, yeah. let's let's Go move ahead, on Tim. just quickly um to a topic that I know these two know a lot about is fantasy football. Uh mm-hmm. maybe give us a quick who's your fantasy football stud of this year and who are you looking out for next year? Since I think were you guys in our, our league's final together? Or at least the at least the semifinals together. I honestly stopped paying attention like week seven after I, I couldn't win a game. For sure. I don't know who I played. It's because Tim had one win. Yeah. Sorry for those of you who didn't know, <laughs> Tim had one win. Yeah, I had one win. Out of a possible <laughs> what fourteen games we played, Tim had one win. Yep, it was a hard fought season. We we gave our best and uh, it was terrible. Tim and I played only defensive players in our. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So speaks you could. Well, who are my studs yeah. this year? Well, I can tell you that uh, Calvin Johnson was R.I.P. Yeah, uh, I had Gronk and I don't know in our league over there, so he was he was a hell of a player and uh, a good find for me was uh, Minnesota. Now I'm blanking on the name Diggs, Stephon Diggs. Yeah. I hate the guy's guts. If you remember, he's the one. He was the captain of the Maryland team that wouldn't shake Penn State's hand before the game. So yeah. it it pained me to take him on the team, but he did. Like he got said, me a lot Spiegs of points. A big Penn State fan, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Mild you know, to moderate Penn State fan. Speaks, you, you and I saw Stefan Diggs play uh, when Maryland, we saw Maryland play West Virginia. He was. Uh, yeah, that's right. He took one of the house, a really long one, when we were down in Maryland watching that game. Yeah, he was he, he was a great player for them. He sort yep. of took a, I don't know if it was because he was injured, but he sort of took a couple of weeks to really actually stand out for Minnesota. I don't know if he's he, a rookie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if he was injured or not, but he sort of really wasn't existent for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And then um, later in the year, he sort of just came around with, I think he had like a touchdown in like six straight or something. That's why I took him off the waiver wire. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice Pete, this past season, who were your, uh, who were your guys to have really? Uh, I'm going to have to say Adrian Peterson, obviously, who is just a- defying the laws of logic <laughs> at 29 years old, still just chucking away. Yeah. Um, I also, I think uh, a good one when he was healthy was Tyler Eifert. He was like unstoppable. And, um, who I would watch out for going forward. Yeah. Give us one for next year. Amari Cooper, I'm going to say, which isn't like that's safe, but another guy I had. First round draft pick, Tim Waller, Amari Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I just think uh, another year with, with him and, and Carr developing is going to be pretty special out there in Oakland, which is crazy to say. Or, I mean, they're probably still going to be a terrible team, but <laughs> put some points on the board. Put up some fantasy points? Yeah. I, I think I'm just going to give out my fantasy draft this year and have someone else do it because I picked Adrian Peterson whenever he decided that it'd be a good year to beat his kids. And that was my first, (laughs) that was my first overall pick. And this year I, I think I had three players injured in week one. Uh, So I'm just not going to draft anymore. I might just do auto draft. uh, John, I got a question for you, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Shoot away. Uh, This is both Super Bowl and fantasy related. Demarius Thomas had an incredible year and where was he in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, Seriously. I know. We talked about that a little bit just like in passing because I'm kind of embarrassed. You know, he's one of my favorite Broncos. And uh, um, yeah, another great year, a 1,300 yard receiving year for the fourth year in a row. And then he turned around. I think he had a total of somewhere like six, seven catches in the playoffs. One in the Super Bowl for like eight yards, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, one in the Super Bowl for eight yards. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he was in his own head. Was it uh, Peyton? Was it Peyton coming back? Could have been. I don't know. He. I don't have. A, well, it's I don't not like he answer. hasn't played for him before, though. You know, so like I don't, he, don't really know what it is. But he's, I mean, he's not the same Peyton, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he was consistently dropping the ball, um, especially yeah, in drops. the first two playoff games. Um, but then you know he didn't. I don't think the Super Bowl he, he didn't have much of a chance. He might no. have had. He was pretty well a covered. Couple, five he or had, six targets, but. Yeah, six targets and like two of them, he just like fell. It looked yeah, like he did. that. Well, speaking of falling, that field was god awful. I yeah. don't know if I've seen a worse championship or even like regular season game played on such a crap field. They in trouble with that all year. There's a video of Michael Orr literally getting slid I saw backwards, that. and that's just incredible for a Super Bowl game. The NFL should yeah. be ashamed as they count <clears throat> their money. Even Carolina's field throughout their home field Stanford playoffs was crap and they replaced it like three times just like uh the field for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So like I don't know what it was or why all these fields are just getting replaced, but they were even their field was even crappy. So um I feel like I'll I, I got a question sort of for the whole crowd. I know we just sort of you know touched on a little bit, but without any of the rankings, without looking at any of the rankings, just knowing what you know from this past season, let's go around here. First pick in the fan in your fantasy draft for your league, who do you take? Tim, you can start us off. Von Miller. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't know. I think I'm going to take – I think I had Cam Newton this year. I think I picked him up like week eight, and he still couldn't salvage the the sad Tim Lawler season. But I think I'm just going to go conservative and go with like a a really solid quarterback like Aaron Rodgers if I can. But I I don't know. Every year I pick someone different, and they just – decide to have a crap that year. So I'm just going to auto-pick, I think, this year and just risk it for the biscuit. Diggs, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I don't know if this will be the first guy I take, but it's um, Jeremy Lankford from Chicago. They're not going to re-sign Matt Forte, so there are a ton of touches left on that offense because you know how they like to throw to the to Forte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be great in PPR leagues, and he's going to get all the touches as the starting back. So. Uh, you guys can forget this by the time we draft next year, but <laughs> that's, that's going to be one of my first couple guys. I've sure. written it down. Speaks, get ready yeah. to lose him. His name Trav's was Yard ahead. I know you normally go with your go-to, but he might not be playing next year. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, my go-to. I, I would. I actually would hope that he wouldn't be playing next year. We didn't talk about that. I at think all. we'll get no, we'll get to that right before we uh, wrap up. Here. Yeah. Um, 
if if he's not around, then I would go to you would the backup. Yeah, first round I would I would yeah because he he was good enough for me in his showing that I would take Brock Osweiler in a first round because I could save that pick for um, my I I have a sleeper that I think won't be a sleeper come <laughs> come fantasy draft time, but Jordan Reed is going to be a hot hot commodity next yeah. fantasy season. Yeah. Um, and it's no sleeper be, after what he did to the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After uh, his whole like the last five or six games, he just dominated teams, and um, I'm hoping people kind of forget that since they got blown out in the first round of playoffs. So, yeah, but one more concussion, he'll be a sleeper for life. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, Pete, who are you taking? I know you're a commissioner of your own league, and so is uh, Speaks. Who are you taking in yours? Because you seem to always get your first overall pick in your, your yeah, draft. I wonder how that happens. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a coincidence. I don't rig anything at all. <laughs> um, but I'm going to also go Homer Pick, kind of like Trev, being a Giants fan. Rashad Jennings. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, ODB. I mean, the guy's a freak. Another year development. You got McAdoo coming back. Eli's comfortable in that system. Hopefully you get, you know, another piece, another wide receiver, maybe Victor Cruz. Not looking likely, but maybe in a draft somebody. A little O-line protection. I think uh, he's he's a definite stud no matter when you take him. Yep. I agree. True. Tim, are we to your first round pick? I, I already have we, have we got Speegs? Uh, for what? You got my forgot sleeper. me, but yeah, it's we, a forgot, we, we, got, oh, we forgot. We forgot Ryan. Oh, he's taken. It's a no-brainer. The best <laughs> yeah. receiver in the game, Leo Jones. I'll tell you Nick, what. Who's that? I'm sorry. Who's who? Leo Jones. Does he play on that crappy team down that south beat, that beat the team that was in the Super Bowl. You mean? Oh no, no. <laughs> um, no. I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, I picked him this year, not really having like. I mean, I didn't expect the Falcons to start 5-0, and 6-0 and this year, so like it was sort of a surprise to me. And then to have him go out first like three weeks, put up 100-plus yards receiving. Yeah. Pete was on the receiving end of that week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I liked it. I mean, it's really a no-brainer. I think that regardless of who's throwing him the ball and who's covering him, it's really doesn't really even matter, to be honest. I think that he is the best receiver in the game. I mean, a bias aside, I mean, I still would pick him as the best receiver in the game, but so that's probably gonna be my pick in both your guys' league this year yet again. So, alrighty, boys, I got a, I got one last question for us here. I think we all might have the same answer. Uh, Trev, we'll go with you last since it's it's your boy. Uh, start off with Pete. Do you think Peyton Manning is coming back for one more season, or do you think this was it? I don't see why he would. I mean, what is he had three neck surgeries? Yeah, <laughs> it's just you gotta at some time put your your life after football above football. Mm-hmm. I mean, go out on top. He had a great career, and I mean, it was it was rough to watch. I mean, even the Super Bowl, he didn't play terrible. I mean, uh, yeah. to to his standards this year. Sorry, Trev, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I mean, I think, and also, if you're the Broncos, do you want him back? I, I don't think you do. Does any team want him? The St. Louis I mean, Rams. Sorry, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a different topic, but yeah, they are very interested. Really? Yes. Yeah, I I mean, I, I guess for one more year to put you know some butts in the seats over in L.A., but I, that's I, a very I good point. I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Speaks. Speaks. What, what do yeah. you think? 
I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he should come back. Mm-hmm. I think the more interesting question is what is he going to be doing this time next year? I can only be... go punditry. <laughs> yeah, is he going to be on, is he going to be on TV? Is he going to be in a front office? Yeah, that's a good question. These guys today like John Elway didn't make nearly as much money as Peyton Manning did. Yeah. So, I mean, Manning could go into ownership pretty easy. I mean, he made a ton of money. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. What was he making easy 17-18 million a year for 10 years straight. My I God, his contract least, yeah. was this past four. Yeah. <laughs> 19. Yeah, that's a, that's a little. That's tough um, on the cap there. That's a nice yeah. payday. To keep the conversation rolling, I, I agree with them. Like, you literally, out of all any, like, out of any sport, like, you thinking it's your last year and then you win said championship <laughs> for your league. Yeah. That is the top you can go out of. Like, that's yeah. it. Um, so I think for him, if he comes back, it is very. Uh, it's not stupid, but I mean, like like Pete said, he's you know had his fair share of injuries. Even this past year, he had his foot injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's I think it's time that I think. Um, I mean, I know his mom said that he wanted him to retire. That he th- she thinks it's time. Not that she's going to make that decision. Um, but I think that uh, he should retire. I think that he went out on top. He did what he had to. I think that was a lot of the reason why the Broncos did win was because they were playing for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't see him going to L.A. I'd be shocked. I think he yeah. calls it a quits, goes out on top all he can, makes more Papa John's commercials. I think he'll say he'll be family-oriented and like focus on family, but I could see him coming back for an office job in a couple of years. Yeah, Ryan, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't see Peyton coming back to play in any capacity. I, I think he's done. I think we saw, at least in the, in the Super Bowl, that – I don't think he has the arm strength to play anymore. Uh, it looked like he was struggling throwing balls over 20 <clears> yards. <throat> I mean, that's understandable. The guy's 39. He's you know put up how many yards in his career and how many touchdowns that you would expect his body to kind of give it at some point. I think he'd make – I mean, I don't think he ever would, but I think he'd make a great coach. He's essentially been coaching his offense for how long, you know, behind the line. But uh, I'd love to see him on TV. <laughs> at least comment commenting on games maybe not commentating but it'd be a decent analyst but i don't think i, I would I, like to see right his after view. retirement i don't see him coming back for like a full-time thing like that yeah quite yet no, so maybe maybe a year off he can go uh fire up the grill with his dad uh i think uh, first off he's got to take care of this whole al jazeera garbage yeah uh, i think Ooh. that's one of his priorities besides drinking budweiser and smooching papa john so <laughs> so we'll take care of that so Man, we'll Jeff, see how long I, that stays around Jeff, i'm sure you're probably with us on the retiring part, but I, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I don't know because yeah. you were talking about one of Brock Osweiler and I think him getting him being able to get his feet wet this season, I think is a good segue into the yeah. next phase for the Broncos. Yeah, I think um, I agree with points made by all you guys. Um, I do think it's the last one and I do think that eventually he will have another job um, probably in it. I would th- I haven't decided between office and coaching whether or not he would choose. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the money. He's got the brain for the sideline. Um, it, it's tough to point out which one, but I do think he'll be in the NFL in some facet um, in his future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe it's – I'm almost definite, I mean, that it's his last one because after the AFC Championship game when – I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago that his – his family and him were the only ones left at that field um, yeah. in the later night, in the later hours in Denver. And they were just like, 
walking around and collecting confetti and like scooping it up and taking it with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's an odd thing to do if you're coming back next season. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like that's if you have any like doubt in your mind that you, you might still play it. I don't think you're going to, I don't know, grab confetti off the field and bring it with you. But And then you get the comment to Belichick too about his last rodeo. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that, that to me, those two combining factors. And now that he's a second time Super Bowl champ, um, I think that's it for Mr. Peyton Manning. So yeah. him and Eli can touch rings. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, on to Brock, on, on to the boss Weiler. Yeah. On the boss Weiler. <laughs> but uh, we'll wrap this up with you guys and uh, say thank you for coming out, Pete and Matt. I don't think Tim, I've ever called you Matt. Shout out. You can get you can do whatever you want, man. Let me shout out Jordan Norwood real quick for longest <laughs> Super Bowl punt return. All yeah, right, we got it, Speaks. You're a Penn State homer. Two more shout outs. <laughs> The two big 33 players that continued the streak of a big 33 player playing in the Super Bowl every year. Brandon McManus, mm-hmm. North Penn High School in Philly. Ted Ginn Jr., Glenville, Cleveland. Yeah, like, I was yeah. I was at Ted Ginn's uh, big 33 game in Harrisburg. It was, uh, he was the MVP. A little <laughs> trivia there for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but well, uh, quick, With that, Pete, are you, um, you going to be watching some Devils hockey here late April, early May? I hope so, man. They had a big one last night when in uh when on Marty retirement retirement day. So that was cool. But uh you know, a lot of teams got a lot of games in hand on them. I don't I don't know if they can uh sneak in there. I, I know the Flyers are one of the teams chasing them right now, but well that's a, Well, we don't want to talk about that. That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's typical. So yeah. um Yeah, so uh Thanks for coming on. You know, we've been planning this for a bit, but um, we finally got you guys out here. So um, I, think, uh, I think that um, you guys will be around in the future, too. We want to get you guys around here next season for a couple more shows, maybe some, you know, whole shows rather than just segments. But Yeah, have um, some nice uh, guest spots here for you guys. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not that interested. Thank you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, been a blasty, Tim. Thanks. Yeah, you boys have a good night. Fun. See you guys later. And we're back for the closing segment, uh, this final episode of Overdrinks. Uh, we had a fun ride this season, a uh, lot of laughs, a lot of facts, surprisingly. I thought we were going to be a lot uh, stupider, but <laughs> <laughs> some good info coming out of this podcast, which I don't think I would have ever said at the start of this. Uh, but I'd just like to thank those boys for coming out with us tonight. It was it was fun having some guests on. We definitely want to do a lot more of that next year, and I think uh, we'll we'll definitely try and work that in. Maybe have a few other guys on too. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for doing this f- for this first season. We're definitely going to have another one. Uh, Trev, let's let's wrap up with any thoughts you have. No, it, it was uh, a great little season here. This was kind of something we. That was mainly just a little thought in our heads, not more than uh, what five months ago, maybe. Yeah. And um, we we made it into a whole season of ten episodes, which is pretty impressive, I think, for three guys, three schmoes yeah. that uh, <laughs> just like to drink beer and talk sports. So yeah. uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out every other week and mm-hmm. and uh, drinking some beer with me. Rye, let's uh, let's hear yours. Yeah, what he said. We never really. <clears throat> it was sort of just a thought, like a sort of like a spitballing back and forth. And I know you guys discussed it and then mm-hmm. you guys sort of were talking about it with me and then like i got hooked on it and then we don't really have an end goal you know we're just we're really just getting started um yeah. the whole 
having it over drinks thing is a great idea. You know, introducing new beers and all that. Um, good it idea. I gives think gives us an excuse to drink each week. Yeah, we don't really have, like I said, don't really have an end goal. We're definitely gonna keep making seasons as long as there's stuff to talk about. Um, for the listeners out there, you're gonna have a busy summer. You got NBA finals, NHL finals, uh, summer Olympics. So those sports doers will uh, probably be keeping busy this year. So I. Uh, Enjoy those sports, and I appreciate everybody coming out and listening to us average sports viewers discuss random topics and facts about sports. Yeah. <laughs> I will uh, I will put all of our information in the description of this show, Twitters, uh, YouTube pages. I know Travis just started a beer weekly show uh, about every Tuesday, I think it is. Yeah, Taste Test Tuesdays. Taste Test uh, Tuesdays. Every Tuesday on the channel, and... Um... Yeah, thanks, Tim, for plugging that for me. Hey, man, I, I, I try. And uh, I think Ryan and I are going to be starting a gaming channel sometime soon, do some games, just be some morons, uh, try and stay, <laughs> stay a little active through this winter and summer time. Uh, but we won't be going pretty much anywhere. Uh, but I, th- I think my beer is empty. Trev, it looks I, like yours is too. Rye, I'm, I think yep. I'm on E over here. Rye so. actually finished a beer this time, so that's good. We are good. <laughs> it's, uh, Trev, will you say goodbye? I'll uh, see you guys next season. Right. Final time. See ya. It's goodbye for me.